0: What is up, everybody? Now, this is something that we did back when we had our original podcast. It was something we wanted to do to shout out, you know, the fans that were listening to us and, you know, fans of the Panthers. Um, like we say, we're a podcast for the people. And so we want to highlight y'all and y'all stories because just like y'all, we're just a bunch of Panthers fans too. So today I'm joined by the first fan we're having on for this fan episode special, and that is Jared Cosby. Jared, how do you doing, man?
1: Good, man. How are you?
0: I'm doing awesome. Uh, I'm excited to uh, have a week off, per se, because, you know, the Panthers heartache can get you every week. And so it's nice to be a Sunday where I'm not, you know, stressed the entire day.
1: Yeah, for real. No kidding.
0: Um, But so uh, talk a little bit, just to start off about, you know, your background as a Panthers fan, kind of what got you started with the team.
1: Yeah, so um, growing up, I started like pretty much like every other kid does. They just choose the, Super Bowl winner so I was kind of that Cowboys fan and and then I was kind of like a Broncos fan and then uh, I decided to choose a team um, when I was in like middle school and my favorite wide receiver out of college just got drafted to the Rams and I was like oh sweet the Rams they stink like so I'm gonna be a Rams fan. Um, Turns out obviously they win the Super Bowl Um, and so I'm like all right I'm trying to like really do this right and um, eventually I finally just kind of smartened up my, uh, my really good friend was a, he's a PSL owner, um, or they were since day one, uh, he invited me to a game and um, that was actually the Super Bowl year where we played the Titans um, and that was our first loss of the year actually. But um, I was just hooked like immediately. I was like, oh, this is like, what, what, what am I doing? Why am I floating around? I'm from North Carolina, living here. I got to like start taking pride in my own team. So Um, It was just all in from there. I just fell in love with that team, and then it just got to be so fun going to games and watching them, and that was it, so.
0: Definitely, I completely understand. I mean, it's always, you know, it's always nice to be the fan of your hometown team too, especially if you're friends with a PSL owner.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) So if you have one, if you can remember one, or if you can narrow it down, um do you have you know a favorite panthers memory whether it was where you were at a game or maybe just watching a game or even something you know off the field
1: yeah um my favorite memory has got to be the the nfc championship game um freezing cold up top but just that game was so fun and just so like i mean we weren't doing anything wrong really it was just I, my nerves were were a lot more chill i was incredibly nervous going into that game i was so deathly afraid of the cardinals for some reason um, and I remember distinctly when Luke um, picked that and ran it in uh, to really like that really officially sealed it. And I just knew we were going to the Super Bowl. I literally just like sat there and like cried in the stadium. And I just like everybody's like going bananas. And I'm just like in just like this mode of absolute shock. And just I mean, it was like it's just an unreal feeling.
0: Oh, definitely. So I was actually I was at that game, too. And what I, we, it was funny because I didn't get to go to a Panthers game that year. Just because you know we didn't have, you know, we we, I lived in Charlotte, but you know, it just depended upon you know what games we could or couldn't go to. Um, And my dad is is actually a youth pastor, so on Sundays he was always pretty booked. But um, (laughs) so my dad told me if we got to the playoffs, because especially with how the game, how the you know the season was going, he's like, if we get to the playoffs, we'll go to a game. And so the Panther Seahawks game came up, and the minute the the tickets went out, I was like in Ticketmaster trying to get them. (laughs) They sold out like that. They sold out within like five minutes, and I was like. that sucks. Hopefully they win and they can make it, you know, to another game. And so they won. And my dad was like, all right, if we can get tickets for like, you know, 150 each, like that's about as high as they'll try to go. And so same thing happened. We start, they sell out within five minutes. But I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to stay here. I want to go to a game. I I can't miss the NFC championship. So I'm sitting there for like two hours, just like pressing the button, refreshing (laughs) the screen, waiting. And my dad's like, he's gone off. He doesn't care anymore. And I'm just keep pressing and pressing. And finally, after like an hour and a half, it pops back up, refreshes, you get a little ding. And there's two seats in like the upper deck, 145 each. And I'm like, dad, come here. (laughs) Um, And I'll date date myself here too. I was a junior in high school, or excuse me, senior in high school um, when we went to the championship. And so, I uh, I remember like, I was worried about having to go to school the next day, but then <laughs> thanks goodness, cause you know, was that, that that's when we had all that icy wind. I think they called it like a yeah. polar vortex or something. Yeah, so yeah. we ended up been out of school for like a week and then there was snow, you know, everywhere. And so we had school canceled the next day. So it was just, we got to, you know, party in the streets with everybody else till like two in the morning. Cause I remember, I mean, yeah. like it was, I mean, we, cause you know, we were both alive and you know, I was at least a fan around the time of the first Super Bowl. I barely remember it, but I was at least a fan, um, but like, this one, you know, being, you know, almost, an adult, you know, being an adult, almost an adult and being actually experienced going to the Super Bowl in that whole season, I mean, I, I remember, I don't know about you, but I felt on the top of the world.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, it took me back because I attended our, uh, we played the Cardinals um, 08 with the, oh, the Jake's just debacle. And, um, you know, we went into that game like, oh, we'll beat the Cardinals, like, no problem, feeling good. And just like leaving that stadium just like completely dejected and then, It just like, I kept thinking of that, walking out of that NFC Championship. Like, it just felt like a little, the teams were obviously totally different, but just felt a little redemption, just like how I finally got to see something like that. Just unreal.
0: Oh, definitely, because I remember, I mean, we talk about it, that game, that Cardinals game in 08, I had a Jake DeLome poster on my wall in my room. The minute the game ended, I went and tore the poster down off my wall and threw it away. I hated Jake DeLome for so long after that game. I finally, you know, started to realize, you know, what he meant for the city and meant for the, you know, for the team. So I, I, I forgave yeah. him after a while, but I, I couldn't stand Jake DeLome after that game. I remember being so upset. And that's, what I mean, and you look at it too, and it's, it's kind of crazy in terms of our playoff games for the Panthers. The last like six games out of the last like 10 playoff games we've had have all been out of the NFC West. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. But, I mean, because that whole that run in 2015 was, you know, Cardinals, then Seahawks. The year before that was Cardinals, then Seahawks, or excuse me, Seahawks, yeah. Cardinals. Then, but the year before that, it was, it was Cardinals and then, then Seahawks. The year before that, it was the 49ers. And then in 2008, it was the Cardinals and the uh, 49ers, I think, of that year. So, yeah. whatever, other than like the Saints game, you know, back in 2016, We've been oh, played the geez. NFC. Uh, yeah, we're not gonna talk about that one. <laughs> but we played. Uh, but we played the NFC West almost every time we went to the playoffs. At least in our, you know, time being fans, so it's always this weird kind of rivalry that is brewed with the NFC West. Um, oh yeah, I can't stand the Seahawks. <laughs> no, I, I can't either. It makes it even worse. We don't talk about it that much. My little brother is a Seahawks fan, and it's a. Uh, Cause my mom is a really big fan of Russell Wilson. So he became a fan of the Seahawks too. And also he was really young. I think he just liked the colors of the jerseys. I think he liked the green. Um, this is what yeah. it is in my house. This is what it is in my household. It's, it's horrible. My dad's a Titans fan. He's been a Titans fan forever. And so, you know, you kind of root for the Titans cause you know, if dad's happy, you know the rest of the house can be happy. <laughs> my mom and little brother are both Seahawks fans. So the last five years have been hell. They've been awful. Yeah. It's so, it's so annoying. And then my younger, or my middle brother, he he was the same kind of way, but he stuck with it. He when he first started liking football, it was the year the Patriots went undefeated. Now, he won't say this, but he became a fan of the Patriots because of that. Um, and then, but he stuck with it. Like he's still a Patriots fan now, and it's nice now because I kind of root for the Patriots with him because of Cam. But that's what my on Sundays when I was living at home, you know, it was if there if we were all on at the same. There's only three TVs in the house, so if we were all on at the same time. You know, it was it was pandemonium. Um, but this season has been a lot different. Like I said, I mean, so now I have a little bit more reason to root for the Seahawks and the, pa- and the Patriots. You know, Cam and Greg being on it. You know, you root for them a little bit. Is it weird? as you know, seeing some of these guys? You know, TD. You see Demir Bird, Cam on the on different teams. So what is that like? I mean, you wear the TD jersey right now. He's one of my yeah. favorite players ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was I was crushed when when uh, we didn't re-sign him. But I, it's this year it was just been like craziest like off-season transition I think I've ever seen I don't know that we will honestly as an organization ever see anything quite like that again you're talking new coach new management you know I don't know how many starters we lost but it was just an unreal and it was just like every day I felt like I was checking my phone like what what are we doing and I was getting pretty frustrated because you could tell like you know there's comments like on Instagram like from Greg like you know not happy and so that like that part made me really nervous. I thought we were kind of getting back into that Gettleman, the like burning bridges mentality and that kind of cutthroat stuff that um, really like burned so many of our old players. But um, this year, I mean, it's been it's been weird. I I, I definitely kind of trust where we're going, but um, it was it was pretty tough seeing all those guys go.
0: Yeah, I remember the one. I mean, the one I was mo- the most about about you know back when it happened was TD on that day. I was so like because the way. He wanted to go out. I mean, with having the suspension that year, he didn't want to retire. He wanted to play yeah. a whole full season again with the Panthers to try to redeem himself. And we saw that. And it would have made it. It would have made it better had we not turned around then and, re- and signed Bruce Urban right after that. I was like, okay, right. what the heck? You're just getting someone with the same yeah. age, with less talent, for the money that you could have given to TD. That was always the biggest. Th- I was so confused by that move when we did it, and I was so upset because, like, Greg, I, I knew that was coming. I, I knew that was going to yeah. happen. Um, I, we've been talking about it. Like when Luke, when, when Luke retired, that was when I was like, oh, oh no, this season is going to be a lot. Even back when, you know, when we were fired Rivera, I could kind of feel it. I was pissed when we fired Rivera. Um, I could kind of feel it was coming. But when Luke retired, I was like, oh, this season's just gonna go to hell in a handbasket. Like I could, I could kind of feel it all coming down on us. And then, you know, everything happened. Um, so, I mean, what is your outlook right now on the team? You know, some of these guys that we have moving forward. In terms, you know, Teddy, Brian Burns, you know, Jeremy Chin, just kind of guys like that. Right. What is your outlook? On
1: yes, this team? Um, you know, Teddy's Teddy's been like a roller coaster for me. I, I like I haven't quite seen enough that I want to like you know make sure that you know we keep him super long term. I'm fine with him now, um, and I was really really taken aback when we signed him. I was like, that was probably the most fear you talk about off season moves when the whole Cam Teddy situation was just i've never been that more upset ever as a panther fan but um and and that's not anything to do with teddy and and i'm a big teddy fan now but um so we'll see he's the he's gonna be the big piece i think uh moving forward that that what do we what do we really how are we evaluating him we're gonna land probably in the top 10 with the draft so is there a quarterback that we're in love with um for us to take him but other side of the ball i think defensively like i think chin and burns are just like i mean they're gonna be the best in the league I feel like I mean they're just I don't I mean that sounds crazy but Burns is just like unreal he's like watching Von Miller um and Chin you're, you're not are not allowed to
0: compare you're not allowed to compare to Von Miller though not as a Panther <laughs> fan we can't we can't do we can't do that
1: well I hate that guy but um but he was I mean he was oh gosh he's such a, a wreck I hated it but um I don't support him at all but um but yeah I just think moving forward with Burns and Chin th- those being kind of the cows, we're gonna have to find somebody in the middle when Luke left it was like I mean we were we had good defenses and when Luke was missing games for um concussion or those like short little games that he missed like we were we were pretty rough like and I was like we still got like all these good all pro guys on this defense and Luke's is not there and it's a huge gap so we have to have somebody I think to fill in that linebacker role I think Shaq is a, a good piece but he I don't think he's a centerpiece so um, just, I mean, I, 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 feel good about where we're going. Um, it is kind of nice this year to know, like, I mean, I predicted us to win six games this year. We're pretty much on pace to do that. Um, so it was like kind of nice to know that this year the stress was like way down for me from, you know, game one. I'm like, we're, we're not going to like make the, we're not going to make the playoffs. We're not gonna win the Super Bowl. So let's just see what we got and, and go from there. But, but we'll, I mean, I think again, Teddy's going to be the, he's the, the main piece here. If he can. And I don't know what he can do with these last four games, but I don't know what he can show us or not show us. But he's been uh, it's been fun to watch, but he's been truly up and down.
0: Yeah, it was kind of we we kept going back and forth on the podcast about whether like you kind of almost have to evaluate him week by week. Like you can't go one week and look at if he plays really well and be like, okay, he's our future, because the next week he might turn around and, you know, play some of the way he's played. And I mean, we also, we, we chalk it up to, I still chalk it up to a little bit of the offensive line because I, oh, yeah. we, are off, we we pay no attention to it in our offensive line and it just, it sets people up for failure and Teddy's never had a bad offensive line playing with the Saints and playing with the Vikings, at least not to where it's as bad as ours. So I feel like that puts him in some of these situations that causes him to force the ball or not, you know? Um, And then, so what are your thoughts on the new coaches in terms of you know Rule and Brady and Snow? Kind of what what is your look on them? Because we've been kind of divided, Um, or not divided, but we've been kind of you know more critical of them.
1: Yeah, I um, I love Rule. I think uh, I think we're really really good hands with Rule. Uh, I don't know why. Just the way he speaks and the way he kind of carries himself. I just um, and some of the coaching jobs he's done this year. I thought um, like I think about the Chiefs game especially. I, I think. I think we probably would have gotten blown out without rule coaching in that game, which is kind of crazy. But um, I'm really, really happy with them. Brady, I'm good on him for a while. I don't. I've heard you guys on the podcast kind of being like, "Oh yeah, he's like, he's ready to like almost be a head coach somewhere." I, I would. No, we, not, we talk but, about we talk about how, yeah. the, how the fans on
0: Twitter, how the fans on okay. Twitter say that. We we don't believe that. We're right. the same. Way we, yeah. we, we say everyone pump the brakes yeah. real quick. Yeah. He has not shown. But yeah, we express that because there are a lot of fans on Twitter. Of just nfl and pandas that i think he's ready and i'm like i don't know what y'all see that you think he's ready for that because i I don't think it at all no so here i want to make sure we clarify that
1: yeah yeah like I, i never never understood that either but um but i mean i think he'll he'll kind of hopefully kind of get settled in a little bit more too i mean he's still so young so i'm good on him and phil i i don't know he's i don't know i can't it's so hard to evaluate him with that kind of roster that we've got especially we've had some pretty he's key injuries too Um, and we got we're just so young but you know I don't think I don't think we can like fire him or get rid of him after this year but um, I do think we'll be needing like kind of a little bit of a hot start next year to kind of see where he's at but um, but overall like again I go back to rule just I think I was really skeptical that hire like really really skeptical I, I really was kind of not happy when we did it but um, but I've, been, I've just been super impressed with him. I don't, I don't know why.
0: Yeah, I mean, I understand that because I think more so when you look and evaluate coaches in terms of position, like it is the head coach's job to kind of put the overall big picture of the game plan in place. But in reality, he's also just more so the one who kind of – he's like a personnel coach. almost. He's like keeping everybody, you know, yeah. uh, everyone fired up, keeping everyone in line, making sure, you know, and it's more on the, on the coordinators in my mind to actually call the game. Um, the head coach needs to step in when it, we know when the coordinators aren't doing the best job. I think he needs to do a bit more job, of, a better job of that. Like last week, I would have had if I were rule, I would have stepped in on that last drive. Be like, look, we need to play aggressive. This you know zone prevent stuff is not working right now because I mean yeah. we, we were talking, we had eight guys in coverage and they were still getting wide open shots. And I don't know how how that's even physically possible. Um,
1: yeah, so yeah, I mean, was, it, we don't. I think you know you don't want the like best coordinator as a I've always thought you, you don't want just the best coordinator as your head coach I mean just because they're a good coordinator like there's I mean Ron is like the perfect example of like he's I don't he's not that great of a coordinator he's a, like a really good head coach and a really good like players coach and and that's kind of like what I see with Rule um, he's got the kind he's I mean, he's got the like background a little bit but just like he just seems like he's got such good like player management and because kind of that's yeah, because that's what it's supposed
0: to be there for. Like when you see, it, like when Rivera took over the defense, it it, it faltered a bit. You can see it on the Titans right now <laughs> with Rabel taking over the defense. The, the defense yeah. is, with that, with the weapons they have, they're not playing to their strengths. Or you, or with like the Bills and, and or the Bills, excuse me, the Texans and uh, Bill O'Brien. Like you're just not seeing it. You know, it, it doesn't work. You can't do it. So I'm like, we're kind of set on that too. We think we're we're more way more critical of Phil Snow right now, especially after that game. I mean, he was playing really, really, he was yeah. coaching really, really well, and then he he, he crapped the bed. We're looking to see, you know, give Luke a year or two, and maybe Luke would want to come back as a defensive coordinator. I have to imagine he'd be an insane. I, there's no way. I mean, he knows the plays from the, the. He'll know the plays from the sideline as they're being called. I mean, there's no one that could do a better film session as a coordinator than Luke Kuechly. His players might hate him because they'd be there for six hours doing the film, but <laughs> but they're gonna they're gonna be successful of it because of it. Um. So you got the unique chance. We talked about it with one of the other fans uh, that is on that came on the special as well. Um. Talk a little bit about getting to be in Bank of, America, Bank of America Stadium this year and what that experience is like.
1: Yeah, um, so, I mean, I've been to a game every year since 03, at least one, I try to get like one or two. So um, I was like, this year I thought, no, nah, it's not gonna work, but I got on Ticketmaster and I was like, oh, so there'll be, these ticket prices are gonna be insane. So it's like not gonna be, not gonna be doable, but they weren't that bad. Um, you know, we got to sit like lower bowl, so we don't normally sit that low. Um, I thought the, like, spacing and everything did went really well. You know, there were, like, no one, like, four or five seats over to us, and then no one directly in front of us or behind us. Um, so that part was was super nice, and um, the staff there, like, they did a really good job with, like, a like, mask and, like, you know, taking it really serious and having all the, like, lanes and, and all that craziness, but um, it was definitely weird. I mean, the, the energy obviously wasn't there. Um, the Panthers seemed to, like, pump in quite a bit of music and stuff like that, which, um when you have a mask on it, it was like it was almost like being in like a club we were like trying to talk to each other and i'm like yelling like through my mask over this music i was like man do i sound like an old man here but i'm like can y'all cut down the music <laughs> but uh but it, i mean it was like it was it was a game it was obviously a terrible terrible game to watch overall but um but i mean i'm glad i did it it was such a like weird unique experience i've got pictures just of like you know, there's 11 on 11 an NFL game and no one behind them like in a fans like so um, that part was that part was really cool. And uh, we sat near the tunnel, which was good. So we actually caught some gloves uh, oh, after the game. But so that made up for it a little bit. But um, it was it was unique and weird. But I'm, I'm ready to, to fill it back up and get it loud.
0: I uh, so, so it kind of felt like a game in like 2010 back before <laughs> right before Cam Newton, where you have no fans there watching the games. <laughs> We've
1: we've been to some of those, we've been to some Testa Verdes and some some really rough ones.
0: Well, again, man, thank you so much for coming on and uh, getting a chance to talk. It was awesome having you on. We love hearing from the fans.
1: Yeah, I yeah, appreciate it, man. Y'all keep up the good work. Been loving it.
0: Thank you so much. That means the world to us, man. Um, so everybody stay tuned. We've got a couple more fans coming on. Um, and uh, Jared, you just want to say, you know, keep pounding or say bye to the fans. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, keep pounding everybody. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Panthers Nation podcast. I'm, I'm your host, Shanti Stewart, here with Tyler Timmons. Am I correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Tyler, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Like, like you know, where you from, and like how long have you been a Panthers fan? Um,
3: I'm a, I'm originally from Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I live over in South Carolina, about two hours outside the stadium outside of charlotte um i started watching the panthers i'd say probably 2010 2011 back when jimmy clausen and john fox were still in carolina so you know i was before before cam was there um some not so nice memories back in the day when i first started watching but you know i've got to see him grow so it's been real nice and uh it's it's we're going in the right direction
2: okay cool so you know but you started just becoming a Panthers fan like in around 2010. What made you become a Panthers fan at that time? Because you know, as you know, we weren't really hitting on anything back then.
3: Uh, well, actually, uh, mostly because my dad. Now, most of my family's from Pennsylvania, so they're all real loyal to the Steelers. You know, the Pirates in baseball and then the Penguins in hockey. I was like, hey, I want to, I want to rep my hometown team. So you know, I started repping the Panthers, and you know they weren't the best, but you know I just kind of stuck with them. Those were my guys. I mean, I'm happy to be a Panthers fan right now, and you know my dad's obviously have to be a Pittsburgh fan the way they're playing, but uh, it's been nice so far.
2: All right, so for you, what's been what's been your favorite Panther memory thus far? Um,
3: probably when Luke Keekley got the pick six Thanksgiving Day against Dallas. Um, I don't know why, but I was real nervous that game just because it was our first Thanksgiving game, and and then you know, we went out there and you know, we destroyed in some nice unis. I'll add, um, that definitely helped with the (laughs) memory standing out. But
2: (laughs) oh, yeah, the all blue is beautiful, yeah, all blue is beautiful. So, for you, what do you how do you feel about this current team right now? How do you feel about the direction that Matt Rue was taking this team in? Um,
3: I think for a first year coach. Um, with obviously all the COVID regulations and all that stuff that's going on. Um, I mean, I think he's done a really good job. I think he's done a lot better than some of these other coaches that are in the league right now that are first year guys. Um, like the New York situation, the Dallas situation, like McCarthy. Um, he was on my short list on who I wanted, and you know, I think I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with how rules done it, and I mean, he's a proven. You know, team organizer. He can get a team to win. So, you know, just give him some time. He's on a seven-year contract. You know, hot take, but I think we win a Super Bowl in the next ten years, the next decade.
2: Hmm. Okay. So, with that being the case, you know, one of the biggest moves we made was deciding to let go of the best quarterback in franchise history, in Cam Newton, and bringing in Teddy Bridgewater to replace him. And I, I want to know, like, how was your feelings towards that? Because you became a Panther fan in 2010, and Pretty much for the entirety of your fandom, Cam Newton has been our quarterback. So, how did you feel when that move was made? It was
3: it was definitely a heart wrencher um, because on top of that, we lose guys like Greg. Um, I'm wearing his jersey right now. Uh, we lose Keekly that same season. Um, then Cam goes, and there was all the kind of skepticism on whether he really goes or not, and it hurt. Um, you know. The fans did a lot. I mean, you saw the billboards at Charlotte, you know, keep right. Cam and Carolina. And I think Tepper in the new ownership had kind of a say in it as well. Uh, I don't think it was all the new coaching staff. And that's just a personal belief. Um, but I think maybe signing Teddy was the wrong move. Um, in the long term, I heard your podcast yesterday and you guys were talking about, you know, you guys have been talking about the bridge between PJ and uh teddy i think i think the bridge is a little small after the vikings game um i think pj could could come in and and produce the same that teddy's been doing throughout the season you know i i don't see you know with starting reps why pj couldn't win four games
2: so so with that being the case would you rather see pj finish out the rest of the season since there's like you know we're four and eight now we don't have much to play for aside from just you know just getting young guys reps like would you want to see pj finish out the rest of the year
3: honestly yeah i mean he's won one game he's undefeated as a starter in pro football between the xfl and the nfl granted one nfl game but i mean you saw teddy i don't know if you saw him at the end of the vikings game he was holding that shoulder running off the sideline after he spiked it so you know if If they really want to stick with Teddy as the starter in the organization and it sounds like that's their guy, then I think P.J. needs to start the rest of the season. Rest him, rest McCaffrey, and like you were saying, play for a draft pick. So,
2: speaking of of draft picks, you know, our our 2020 drafts included all defensive players and so I want to get some of your thoughts on some of the guys that we have that they're playing now like Derek Brown, Jeremy Chan, even a Troy Broad for that man. Like how do you feel about the rookie class that we brought in?
3: I I was I was watching the draft and I was really mad when we drafted Derek Brown because Isaiah Simmons was there. And that's I think that's how a lot of Panthers fans felt. I think Agreed. as of right now, we're happy that we got D Brown instead of Isaiah Simmons with kind of the production difference in the two. Um, but I was happy with Yatir when we drafted him. I think he fell. He could have went first round. He's a good pairing with uh, Brian Burns, I think, long-term. Uh, yep. Jeremy Chin. I mean, obviously, the guy's been balling. You know, he's, he's defensive rookie of the year in my eyes, and I think most people's eyes, even outside oh. of Carolina fans. Um. <laughs> Troy Pride has played, you know, very well, especially, you know, rookie corner is probably one of the hardest rookie positions to start at. You know, you got Troy Pride. you got Stanley Thomas-Oliver. I'm trying to think who else we took in the draft this year.
2: Uh, We took the year we took Kenny Robinson, but he for some reason got cut before the season even started.
3: Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's who I was thinking of because then it was Sam Franklin was the undrafted free agent we picked up Mm -hmm. and then he started a few games when Burris went out so you know i think the team's in a bright spot especially the rookies i think that's probably one of the best rookie classes we've had all around and it was all on the defensive side of the ball which we needed
2: so true true so okay so with this with this year's upcoming draft on the way we're obviously in a position where we're gonna possibly have a top 10 pick if say we have a chance to go grab you know a top quarterback do you do it or do you decide to go get a left tackle to help to help show up the offensive line it's kind of been struggling the last few years
3: in my eyes if trevor lawrence and justin fields aren't there but penne wall is get penne and wait next year for a quarterback i think those are the only two quarterbacks you can get now opposed to getting a top quarterback next year when it would make sense to get one Let Teddy do a year, give him that second year, draft that replacement quarterback. Teddy plays his third year, mentors the rookie, and then the rookie comes in kind of like an Alex Smith, Pat Mahomes situation.
2: Okay, so have you been, so with this year going the way it's gone, have you been, how how would you say you feel about this year? Are are you disappointed because, you know, we've lost a lot of close games, or are you, you know, hopeful because we have such a young team? that's so competitive in, in a lot of these big games?
3: I mean, I've been disappointed since 2015, I'll be honest. I thought, you know, with the team we had, we were just, we were going to keep growing and getting better. Um, but I think from where we went from a 3-13 and uh, well, team with no quarterback situation going into the offseason, losing our head coach, Ron Rivera, who everybody loved, Riverboat Ron, and then wow. now You know, you get Matt Rule, Joe Brady, complete overhaul, COVID on top of it, new quarterback who hasn't been a a real starting quarterback since he busted his knee. And, you know, you sign Robbie, great weapons, you know, Offensive Player of the Year candidate in Christian McCaffrey. I think we're in a lot better spot than people thought we were based on the way we've played. I've seen, I follow the the Panthers Nation uh, Instagram page, and it's, you know, I see it almost every Sunday. It's don't, don't gauge the season on wins and losses. Gauge it on how they're playing. And I mean, the Chiefs game, that's like, that's when I was like, all right, next 10 years, we're going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. As long as everything continues on this track, if we could almost beat Pat Mahomes with the current team we have, a lot of rookies, a lot of young guys, Teddy Bridgewater not playing his best. You know, he laid his body out in the
2: line in that game.
3: So I just yeah. think we're in a really oh, yeah. good spot going forward.
2: All right. So just kinda, you know, just kinda we just kinda rambling a little bit. So okay. We have our receiving core has now kind of etched himself into like one of the best in the league. You know, we have we have probably one of the best receiving duos in Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. And you know, Curtis Samuel kind of goes under the radar for a lot of people that don't just watch Carolina football. So in your opinion, who do you think is the most valuable Receiver in that in that receiver room.
3: Hmm, that's that's honestly a really good question. Um, I'd probably say DJ based on age. Um, versatility definitely Curtis. You know he's lined up running back. You know Robbie's a great deep threat, but he's also the new guy. You know DJ and Curtis have been together for a little bit, and I love Robbie, but if I had to get rid of one it would probably be Robbie just because he hasn't been there as long and he's a little bit older Older than the two of them.
2: Okay. And just like, okay, just get ready to wrap things up. How do you see the next, let's say five years going forward, like, you know, how do you think we're going to, how do you think things are going to shape out for this, for this new regime and how they and how they're moving with a new style compared to what we've seen in the past?
3: I think as long as we keep shaking it up, we don't stay content like Baltimore did. I mean, you saw that kind of situation playing out. You know, they stayed content with what was working last year. People caught on. Now they're struggling this year as well with injuries. Um, I think we could, you know, next five years, Drew Brees is going to retire. You know, I don't see Matt Ryan getting any better. He's just getting worse over time. Uh, the Saints cap, is, their cap hit's going to be brutal this offseason. They're going to make a lot of cuts. I think next five years, we win the division three times. Minimum going forward, I think we make the playoffs. Brady will be retired within five years, so all those Tampa Bay players are on one-year deals. So I think you know next five years, it's looking bright in Carolina. I think a lot of people, people are going to be surprised they're talking about us in the future.
2: And a lot, bro, I can tell you, I I agree with the future being bright. They're winning the division three times. I I may have to hold off on that one, but again, it's been great having (laughs) you on, Tyler. Hey, look, man, look, everybody, be sure to follow us at P1N underscore network on Instagram and Twitter. Tyler, thank you for coming on, and if if any other fans want to join the podcast for an episode, be sure to DM us at P1N underscore network on Twitter and Instagram, and we're
4: out. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to Panthers Nation Network. I'm Jeff Taylor, one of the co-hosts of the podcast that we do, along with Jack, Shantese, and Tyler. Doing something we're gonna get into here a little bit and kind of continue, bring some fans on just to talk about um, the Carolina Panthers, how they uh, came about to like them, uh, get their thoughts on the season. And so we got Len here. Len, how you doing, man?
5: Good, how are you? Thanks for having me, Jeff.
4: I'm doing great. So, um, as we were talking earlier, before we started recording, you live up in Northern Virginia. Um, yeah. Just tell me a little bit briefly about um, the, the Panther connection. How did that come about? What, what drew you to the Carolina Panthers?
5: Oh, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's been a long road. Sometimes uh, ups, sometimes some downs, um, as you probably know. Um, but, yeah, I've been a Panther fan since day one. My dad was uh, one of the original season ticket holders, um, so spent a lot, of, a lot of time in Bank of America Stadium, previously known as uh, Erickson Stadium yep. uh, back in the day. Um but yeah, so I've been there for quite some time. I live up in Northern Virginia now, but I still uh, make the drive back and forth uh, for se- uh, season tickets uh, in those games. So definitely uh, been doing this for a while and enjoy it, and uh, hopefully just keep pounding and improve a little bit this season, if you know
4: what I mean. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So Northern Virginia, then, where you live right now, uh, yeah. tough to be a Panther fan up there in Redskin country?
5: It is, yeah. Well, uh, I think around here, it- People are kind of there's a lot of Cowboys fans um, it's kind of mixed a lot of eagles fan my neighbor my ne- next door neighbor is an Eagles fan i give him a hard time every now and then um, but yeah it, it's it's a little mixed you have a lot of uh, a lot of um display uh, I guess what do you call it uh, maybe yeah yeah a lot of a lot of uh, transplants around here especially uh, DC area
4: right well cool and and so obviously um being a Panthers fan or whatever um, I know for me um. See and we'll just we'll get back to the team in a minute. But, but just, aren't
5: you a are a Titans fan,
4: aren't you? I yes, I am a Titans fan. Um, <laughs> sure I, I gotta
5: call you out
4: on that. Yeah, well, I know. Um, <laughs> and uh, well, I, you know, I'm a diehard Titans fan, but I, I, root, you know, in the in the NFC, I got to root for the Panthers. Um, yeah. and being here and 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 watching them and being a part of that journey too has been kind of cool. Um, so, uh, Ron Rivera. I yeah. um, to see him do what he did. I mean, he he really went into what it was a complete disaster of a football team, and it, I think if anybody could have turned that thing around, and even have him playing the way they're playing right now, it's Ron Rivera.
5: Oh, I agree. I, I love Ron Rivera. I've loved him back when we had him, and and I, I, I miss him. He's kind of your old your old school kind of hard nosed play defense, uh, just hit you in the mouth type of uh, guy. From what I can what I can tell, and um, it, it was tough to see him go. Um, but I'm happy for him, just like I'm happy for Cam and everyone else that's left as well. But um, yeah, definitely happy for how he's doing right now, and uh, I, I think, especially given his uh, medical uh, issues that he's going through as well, it make, makes says even more about who he is as a person and uh, and everyone rallying around him. So uh, definitely keeping a pulse on that down here.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. So um, <clears throat> you said you've been a, a Panther fan since the get-go. Um, is there one kind of um, memory that stands out in, in 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 all of this? I mean, you've said the highs and the lows, but is there one special moment that kind of um, will always live with you in terms of being a Panther fan?
5: Oh, absolutely! I, I mean, there's, there's somebody to pick from, um, but I'd have to say when Jake Delhomme uh, came in uh, at halftime for Rodney Pete uh, back at who I forget who they're playing against. Jacksonville,
4: Jacksonville Jaguars.
5: Um, yep, there we go. Yep, that that was a. It was one of those moments where I was a fan um, up to that point. I was a young kid. I think I was, I mean, shoot, maybe high school at that point, Um, but I was just kind of coming into learning football and and going to the games with my dad, and I remember looking at him at at halftime when he came out, and we're like scrambling through the uh, program to find out who this guy is, and we're like, you know, the first half was pretty uh, dismal, Uh, really was not, you know, we didn't look good for the rest of the season. You come in second half, and then we end up winning that game, and then, Obviously, the rest of the season, it's kind of it was a success from there, and and everything else that Jake DeLome did. So I, I'm kind of a Jake delome era, like nostalgia kind of guy.
4: You know, we um, it, it's funny you mentioned that because that is the uh, the first Panther game that I ever went to. Oh, nice! I sat in the end zone um, uh, where he. I think the first drive in the second half, they drove toward where I was sitting, our end zone, and uh, oh, nice. I remember looking at my wife, going, "Okay, this guy is." Um, you like same thing? Everybody was who is this guy? Where did he yeah. come from? Um, and we all know what Jake turned out to be, which is awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, so here we are. Um, you know, you you said you've listened to our podcast, and we thank you so much for that, and all the fans out there to do that. Obviously, this to me has just been kind of an up and down season. Um, it, it, there's been moments of hope, and then, but like I tell Jack and everybody else, um, I, you've been in it all. I mean, every game you've been in except the Tampa Bay game. Um. Can your heart take any more this season? Well, <laughs> give, me, I, uh, yeah, give me thoughts so far up until now.
5: Yeah, so, again, 100% spot on with you there. We've been in the games. It's definitely disheartening to lose by a field goal. Um, but considering how young the team is, uh, the young coaching staff, the fact that we're in every game every week uh, really speaks volumes about what they're doing there. Um, I know you, you all had talked about it previously. Well, what what can we do differently? I, I think give Coach Rule one more year. Um where he's not like, I mean, you think about where he entered in uh, mm-hmm. right before COVID. I imagine all the stuff that he went through is not your typical year one for an NFL coach. Um, so give him some time. Um, I think he's going to do wonders for us and, and the staff there as well. So get everything that they've gone through, all the all the adversity there, um, and trying to coordinate a winning team in the middle of the heart of COVID, um, Imagine. Imagine scouting right now is probably difficult for draft purposes in the future. Um, so they're going through a lot right now, and the fact that, again that we're still still close every Sunday uh, definitely gives us some some hope.
4: Do you think? Um, I always sit here and go, "What if CMC was healthy? Oh um, yeah, and what's playing with these games? You know, are we looking at you know a, a winning record now? Maybe two or three wins to the positive if we had CMC." Um, what's your thoughts on there if he was in
5: oh i completely agree with you we'd have probably two more wins at least um but again we can't what if it it's we got to play with the guys we have um i think everyone's doing the best they can uh considering our skill level uh in coaching um and I, and I think over time it, it's gonna it's gonna come up or it's, we're gonna pull through uh, might not happen this year um but we've definitely had some some really high moments here this season. And some guys have really stepped up. So this is really a good opportunity, I think over the next two, three years, to kind of figure out who we are as a football team uh, and uh, you know, do something big, hopefully.
4: Yeah, not only Matt Rule, but you know, with with even Bra- uh, Brady and Phil Snow, um, they've had it tough. But I'm gonna, give, um, I'm gonna give the defensive side a little more credit than the offense so far because to be so young and to all spend right. all these math picks on that side of the football, but to really, I mean, they, you know, I think they've stepped up to the plate and they've grown. Um, have you been impressed with the, that young defense and not having all those pieces in place, um, not having the, the 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 preseason, not having the training camp as much, the defensive side of the ball and what, um, um oh Phil Snow, yeah, what is he, you know, what he's doing there?
5: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, we're super young in, on defense. Um, it's one of those things where I think you have to give it time. Um, I, I don't and I know you all have talked about it before uh, I don't think we need to go lose games on purpose for a draft pick I think we continue to uh, we continue to fight we continue, we continue to build our culture uh, winning culture because that's really what it boils down to um, you, when you start trying to lose games it's gonna ultimately deflate your young defense uh, and they're gonna lose confidence so you've got some guys there that are uh, some veterans in there um, you know, I, I personally, I like Trey Boston. I like the way he flies around. I know he's a kind of a controversial uh, guy sometimes, uh, but I think he brings some value to us, as, especially on the veteran side. Um, so the, the sky's the limit for those guys right now, I think.
4: Agreed, agreed. Um, and I'll get to one other thing in just a minute, but you brought up a very good point. The one thing I tried to argue with the other three is that as a, as a, as a fan of a football team, you should want them to win. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, it's like even though you, uh, you know, where we're at right now, you went out. You and the, who knows? I mean, you went out. You could make the playoffs. And it's like, do you want to make the playoffs or do you not want to win? And my argument has always been: Listen, um, I, I, I want to win. I, I want to win. I, I, the loss is no. I'd much rather makes my day makes my week a lot easier when <laughs> we win on Sunday. <laughs> your weekend, your a little better. You know what I mean? But. Do you, I guess you agree with that mentality then.
5: Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I definitely hate uh, Monday morning after a loss, it's it's definitely quieter around my house uh, and at mm-hmm. work. You know, I definitely uh, don't enjoy those days. Um, but you just remember how good it feels in the previous season when we've done so well. You know, our, our 15-win season, and and you just kind of look forward to f- the future of that, and, and just knowing that there there is a process in the NFL. Like there, you might have some one-hit wonders, but in general, you're gonna have a lot of dynasties and a lot of teams that are, are focused on, on winning um, and doing it consistently. And I think that's the key here, just having a staff. And it, and it starts all the way with the owner, um, uh, Mr. Tepper. I think he does a great job too. Like he, he's, he's willing to do what it takes to win. I think uh, the staff is, and then you gotta ultimately look to the players to go execute, um, you know, that vision there. Um, but yeah, definitely do not enjoy losing.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. Um so here's the, the the one thing in um that I've, I've brought up a couple of times and it's it's kind of a uh an interesting take on it teddy bridgewater um you know i, I talk about <clears throat> you know uh the two guys underneath him and how big is the gap i mean if, yep. if you're talking game manager is teddy bridgewater a winner i mean he went 5-0 last year for new orleans he's come in i think he's played well i mean and you don't need I, my argument is there's maybe Four to five, what you would call really elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Then there's some game managers. Um, and mine is, listen, and you you, you know, you got on me there at the beginning or whatever. Listen, I'm a Ryan Tannehill fan. Is he <laughs> flopping? No. Has he has he found the system and just hand the ball off to Derrick Henry? But yeah. it's, you know what I'm getting at? There's that game manager that just don't make mistakes, go out and play. You as a fan knowing where we're at right now and where we want to go. Is Teddy Bridgewater the answer for the next couple of years um, or do we give these other guys a try? My thought is, listen, Teddy's—it's—it's it's not even been a full season yet. Let him play. Right. Let it. I mean, if you know, it, I mean, he went five and zero with New Orleans. Let him learn the system. Let him get going. But you're not going to be in those top two or three picks anyway. So the quarterbacks right. that are out there, you know, you're not going to. up. but Tom Brady was sixth round. I get it. Russell Wilson, third round, and stuff. Your thoughts on Teddy Bridgewater and? you know, where he stands? Are you happy with him? Is, is he just a game manager? Where can he take this team?
5: Yeah, no, great question. Uh, I think first off, you can't not like Teddy Bridgewater as a person. I think he's come through so much, um, you know, and he's done so much throughout his life to get to where he is right now that I think uh, I really love that story. Um, I think as a player, game manager wise, I think he's where he needs to be and where we what we need uh, right now. Is he gonna win us a Super Bowl in five years? Probably not. I would say, um, but he's, he's kind of, he's the gap for us for the future, I think. Um, I think right now he's on a three-year contract, is that, I,
2: I think it's perfect,
5: honestly, I think it's perfect. It's enough time to, to build weapons. Um, I, if he's with us in five years, great, and we're winning games, great. Um, I don't have anything against him, I just don't know long-term wise, I know he's late 20s and, you know, I'm 37 and, and saying the late 20s is old, uh, makes me feel bad. Um, <laughs> But uh, you know, he's in five years, he's in his you know, early 30s. He's, he's probably on the downshift, downswing. Uh, maybe we get somebody younger in the next two, three years uh, to come in and, and uh, I, don't, I don't think uh, P.J. Walker and um, is a Greer, Will Greer is, is the answer. They're neither one of them, they're both great stories, don't get me wrong, um, but they're not the answer either. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is the answer right now. Um, and I'm hoping that he's the answer next year as well. I'm hoping that he's the answer uh, you, know, long, you know next year as well so we have some time but uh, ultimately I, I think he's he's the perfect guy for who we need right now
4: so final question for you La- obviously last, last draft we went all defensive side of the ball let's say we're middle of the pack or whatever at the end of the where do we go i think you got to go offensive line 100% think, if you're going if you're going to protect cmc and he is your bread winner and he's going to be your game winner and stuff um, so could you see them going all offense?
5: Possibly. I mean, I, I think right now defensively we're okay. I know we're young, and, and uh, that's going that 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 will uh, fix. I think fix itself over time and given more experience. 100% agree with you as far as O-line protect Teddy. Uh, those guys, you get some good, you know, you get some solid uh, o linemen They're gonna be around for a while and, and hopefully establish uh, a core foundation there. We've got the threat or the offensive threats, you know. But when CMC's healthy. Um, Uh, Out, out wide. You have what uh, Samuel Anderson and uh, DJ Moore. So, yeah, maybe a tight end. I I mean, I know they haven't done anything tight end wise this year, and it's it's like, do we even have one
4: right now? (laughs) No, yeah, you're (laughs) right. (laughs) So So, maybe maybe I'm wondering when the last time a tight end caught a pass comes. I mean, I'm trying to think now.
5: (laughs) I mean, it's non-existent right now. So maybe again, I'll I'll keep the coaching to the coaches, um, but you know. Maybe I definitely miss Greg Olson, and uh, you know I was sad to see him go, and uh, sad to see him get hurt this year as well. But um, yeah, I think tight end wise if we can find somebody there, and, and one more one more offensive threat. Teddy will be able to manage the game like you said, uh, and I, I think we'll be just fine for um, the next couple of years.
4: Well, hey, um, breathe, enjoy the uh, enjoy the off week. Uh, oh yeah. I don't like bye weeks. It just kill, you know. Just like, eh, what do you do? Um, yeah. hey, listen, loved having you on, man. Love to get you back on sometime down the road. And um, until then, hey, everybody out there, keep pounding. Awesome, thanks for having me. Take care. You got it.